Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 46 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, a special Christmas Eve bonus episode. So happy holidays to anybody listening to this. And we're going to go ahead and play part two of our interview with Kevin LaBella starting right now. And then one other thing that I wanted to you know, bring up here, because I know this is something that you wanted to talk about, is the uh, World Juniors that are coming up. And I mean, what can you tell us about this tournament and, and what's your role in it as well? Because I, I, I assume you're working it there with NHL. Yeah, so they're taking place in the Czech Republic this year. Um, this is the biggest event we do on the NHL Network. Um, we air two games every day, sometimes three or four. Um, but that's really the only place you could get coverage of it in the, in the U.S. Um, and it starts right away on the 26th, day after Christmas. It's all hands on deck till and it runs a full two weeks, I believe. Um, and this is – it's – this is where you really see the talent coming up. And, uh, you know, yeah. everybody who's ever excelled in this tournament, you'll see them in two years, three years, become a superstar. Um, you know, before I worked for the NHL Network, I never really knew about this tournament or really paid attention. Obviously, you hear when they talk about guys, you know, going triple gold or quadruple gold, stuff like that. This is always the first one on the resume, Crosby and, and Taze and all those guys. Right. Um, but you, you really, this is a good showcase for seeing guys from Finland and guys from Sweden and, and you know, even a couple guys on, on teams like the Czech Republic or Slovakia. And, you know, they even get some strange teams in there like Japan and, and uh, you know, Norway will get a team in there sometimes or Switzerland. And, and these teams make some noise, but you, you really see a lot of good talent and, you know, if you put on the NHL network, so these games are very early in the morning. There's six a.m. Yeah. six a.m. Yeah. Eastern with our seven a.m. Eastern, which will actually no, are they nine a.m. Eastern, seven a.m. Mountain Time. So we're going all day with these games. Um, U.S. plays Canada right off the bat on the first game, first day, one o'clock Eastern. Um, should be a good matchup. Th- those two teams always play each other tough. Um, they usually, I feel like they're going a little early with that game this year. You know, we had the they had the stadium set up at Ralph Wilson in Buffalo a couple of years ago where Canada and us played an absolutely phenomenal outdoor game um, in this tournament where the team us was wearing the Buffalo bills hockey jerseys out there, which looked really cool. Yeah. But again, you know, this, this was the showcase where you saw Jack and Quinn Hughes and, you know, did these guys really make a name for themselves And this tournament is just, these kids take a lot of pride in it. And uh, I believe it was last year when, Sweden won the silver, maybe, and uh, some of the, one of the guys flung his medal into the crowd because he's <laughs> tired of winning second place, and you know, a little distasteful. But overall, these kids put so much into it, and you know, it's tough too because you can't fight, and you got to really be careful of the hits. And you know, you get a bad boarding call, you're probably out for a game, and you know, you may only get five games, so you got to be careful. But just the talent level throughout the whole tournament is. is it's really good hockey. You know, they play yeah. on the big, they play on the big sheet of ice 
So just having that extra room out there really lets these kids showcase their skills. And, you know, you see some of these kids come up in a couple of years and, and this, this is really the future showcase of the NHL for sure. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny. I haven't watched nearly enough of this tournament, you know, over the years, I'm always just like so locked into what the Rangers are doing, but Man, listening to all that, you sold me. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna be tuning in this year. Yeah, definitely set your DVR if you can't watch them if they're a little early. Um, yep. You know, we take, we'll take New Year's Day off. Um, we do pre and post for the Winter Classic that day, but that the Winter Classic is the only game in the league on the first. But just looking at the schedule, we'll air two games on the 26th, 27th, 28th. 29th you know mostly they're the early games and then we'll do nhl coverage throughout the night back to another two games on the 30th and the 31st then we'll do the winter classic on the first then thursday the second we actually have a 6 30 eastern game and then we rip off four games in a row 6 30 9 11 and uh looks like two o'clock is the late game and that's the last day of the actual uh early round and then they'll do the metal rounds on uh saturday and sunday the fourth yeah. and fifth from what i understand it you start with the 10 teams and I, I believe there's two groups of five and then it's like a round robin and then after that it you know the top eight teams advance and it, it's single limb from there on is that is that basically yeah that's exactly goes? correct they'll yeah. they'll they'll do their round robin pool play and then they'll they'll put the eight in there so the way it'll work is they'll uh you know they'll go one from pool one against four from pool two and rank them like that and then uh no reseeds or anything once they hit the tournament format gotcha. um, it's it's tough because usually canada and the u.s end up in the same pool every year and then whoever wins that early matchup really has a leg up on that group however you know usually you'll match up against russia or S- russia and sweden as the one and two on the other side or russia and finland on the other side so you got to watch out for those matchups because sometimes being the one isn't really a better spot as, you know, really, you know, depends on who you're playing against. It's, it seems to be U.S., Canada, Russia, Sweden, and Finland are the top five usually. But mm-hmm. it all it really who's stacked this year. You know, Russia obviously has a good team. I think he's um, might see Shesterkin out there holding it down for them if he's going to decide to go. I'm pretty sure he's going to go. Oh, that'll um, be fun. Yeah. So that's, again, that's, you'll probably see him more in this tournament than you will all season, even if Georgiev gets traded. And so, Kev, you know, you mentioned briefly that you were at Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, were you there as a fan or were you there for work? I mean, what was what was it like? Well, just give me a feel for how it was like, other than the lousy ending. So I started with Comcast. I moved out to Denver and started with Comcast in uh, the fall of 2013 and immediately started working on the NHL network for the 2013-14 season and kind of stayed on the network. You know, we have a couple other TV stations in the Comcast building, but mainly worked for the NHL network uh, for that entire season. And, you know, I had heard that they send a supervisor and an operator to the Stanley Cup the last couple of years before that. One of my buddies got to go out to Chicago for, uh, I guess it was the Chicago-Boston one. Um, so, you know, being the main guy on the NHL network because, you know, I knew I had a shot to go. And then, uh, you know, I figured the way that played out, you know, was one and two in LA, two and uh, three and four in New York, and then, you know, rotating five, six and seven back and forth across the country. So I figured, you know, it was going to be the New York game, be that the NHL studios are in New York and all that stuff. 
and that that's where we'd end up. And, you know, it would have been my first trip back home since moving. So I was really looking forward to it. And then, it, you know, the word came, okay, if we're going to go, it's going to be game five in LA, which I had never been to LA before. So I was pretty excited for that. And then, you know, what were the chances that that season could have played out any way it did? And, you know, now it's my team that's in the Stanley cup. However, it was very nerve wracking. You know, they were down three Oh, and then yeah. basically, um, you know, trying to tell my boss. So if the Rangers lose tonight, not only does my team get swept in the Stanley cup finals, but I don't get to go on this awesome trip that we've been uh-huh. talking about all season. That's, so, that's a double gut punch right there. Oh my God. It was that, that game four was so stressful. And then, yeah. you know, I guess it was on a Wednesday night. They won it. Um, and then right away, as soon as the game was over, it was like, all right, make your plans, make, you know, get your flights immediately. And we uh, took off Friday morning and went out to L.A. So, like I said, I'd never been to L.A. before, um, so it was a little overwhelming. I mean, being from New York, you know, you're used to a massive city, but in a small area, everything's so condensed. I didn't realize the massive size of L.A., like that everything is you know, three hours away, top to bottom, not to mention yeah. the traffic. So we yeah. get down there. I have a hotel in Beverly Hills. Uh, you know, I didn't realize how far Beverly Hills is from the Staples Center and from LAX. And so I ended up just going straight from the airport to the Staples Center, um, had lunch with the, you know, got my press credential, ran into Linda Cohen in the press tent and chatted with her. She's another big Rangers fan. And, you know, everybody watches her on Sports Center for the last, 20 years or so and you know had a nice little conversation with her about the rangers and she was very excited and hoping that they were going to turn it around and you know then i start running into a lot of players a lot of old players and a lot of analysts on our network that you know i'm watching this guy for hours a day on my channel but you know here he is just a regular guy like mike johnson and marty biron and jamal mayers from the from the blackhawks who his Blackhawks championship ring is the biggest ring I've ever seen in person in my life. Um, you know, got to chat it up with uh, Kevin Weeks and uh, oh wow, you know, a lot of, and again, I was I was at the first game Hank played when he ran Weeks's job, but Weeks, you know, he's a good analyst on our channel, and it's you know just fun to talk about stuff like that with him, and you know how 05 went for him, and you know a kid comes in and plays one game, next thing you know. He owns the Rangers, <laughs> you know, Hank, nobody saw that coming. Everybody was good with Weeks being the starting goalie that year. And still to this day, Weeks is the first or is the last goalie to start a home opener for the Rangers since Hank. That's a great um, trivia question, by the way. You know, who, yeah, who was well, the guy they, that, they, that Lundqvist replaced? Yeah, they used it. They used it this year. Sam Rosen used that one. And I, I knew because I was there that year. Yeah, um, crazy. So then, you know, I ran into Luke Robitaille on the street and, you know, I had my Ranger jersey with me too, so I'm wear, I'm over here wearing a uh, Gretzky '99 blue Rangers jersey out in LA. So yeah, I'm taking some guffing people for wearing Ranger jersey, but you know, being a Gretzky jersey, you got to pass. So we didn't have tickets to the game or anything. We had our press passes. Obviously, we were there for work, but it was really just kind of an observational thing, just to you know, thank you for having such a good season here. Check the game out. So we were kind of just wandering around the Staples Center. Um, just kind of peeking in on the tunnels. There was one point where I was standing at the top of the tunnel behind one of the nets and the King's mascot, the lion comes over and 
I hear people chanting to the left, to the left. And I, I didn't know what they were chanting about. And they were telling the, the mascot to come over to me because I'm standing there in my Ranger jersey. <laughs> and he had like, he had a drum and a mallet that like, I guess, I, I don't know if he was going to start banging it in my face or something like that and get a Let's Go Kings <laughs> chant going. Yeah. Um, but once he saw the press pass around my neck, he, uh, he decided against it. And then the fans started booing me. Um, but again, <laughs> that game was really good. I, I think they were up two to one after two and or possibly even three to one. We were feeling really good going into that third period. So we're kind of sitting in the concourse, just having a hot dog in between the second and third period. And then here comes Nick Hexum, singer, singer from 311, walking down <laughs> the concourse. And, you know, we knew he was there. He's, he's a King season ticket holder. And obviously being the big 311 fans that we are, you know, we know he's there. And, you know, I, I didn't think I'd actually run into him. So, hey, Nick, you know, I went over and got a picture with him. Pretty funny story. Megan Fox, I'm pretty sure, photobombed the picture. And is in the picture, like, stuck her head right in front of the camera. I was <laughs> taking a picture with him. But he's got his Kings jersey on. I got my Ranger jersey on. That's awesome. So, really, and then, you know, I've... I kind of had a little bit of leaked information that the next cruise was going to Jamaica at the time. So I asked him about that and, you know, see, so kind of caught him off guard that I knew that it was going to Jamaica. Um, little did I yeah. know my band would be playing on those cruises later on, but you know, so did they go into the third period feeling good about it and then give up a goal game gets tied. I think the game ends up going into, it definitely went to OT. I don't know if it was double OT, but they, it, was, I, it was, it was close to, it was close to triple overtime. There were only about like, maybe four or five minutes left in the, in the second overtime. That, that was crazy. I remember being up very, very late that night. Yeah. So I, I was taking a lot of video. So we were behind uh, the Kings net in the second OT. So we were watching the Rangers score. So I was taking a lot of video trying to get that OT game winner on tape. What happened. Yeah. They had a lot of chances that game um, to get that goal. But then, you know, you come down on the wing, take that shot, looking for the rebound. You're only looking for Hank to give a juicy rebound. And, he kicked it right out to Martinez, and Martinez yeah. put that puck away. And still to this day, the sound of the horn in the Staples Center haunts me. Like, again, a lot of these horns are exactly the same. There's not a big difference between most of them. But when I'm at work and I hear the horn in the Staples, I know it's the horn in the Staples Center. And then really? all, the confetti, wow. all the confetti and streamers comes falling from the ceiling. And again, it was bittersweet because I grew up, you know, obviously I've been a Rangers fan my whole life, but I also grew up rooting for the Kings because of Gretzky and that whole, you know, Gretzky, Robitaille, Thomas Sandstrom, who was a Ranger, Rob Blake and Marty McSorley. That was my video game team. And I really liked that team. Yeah. And I had a, I had a cool reversible Kings jersey, the black and silver one. I remember those. And, those were cool, man. Everybody had at least one of those. Yeah, of course. I mean, that was, you know, it was a trendy thing. And everybody liked Barry Melrose at the time and, you know. They kind of, whatever the 94 Rangers didn't take from the Oilers, the, the 93 Kings sure did. So it, it, was, it was just a cool experience. And seeing, you know, you got to root for guys like Kopitar and Brown and, and Dowdy. It was, and how many times am I ever going to see the cupcake? Well, now that I work for the NHL Network, maybe more. But, you know, yeah. you're not always guaranteed to see the, the cup ever, let alone, just, you know, given out to a team. So it was a really cool experience seeing that. Um, and really intense game. And we got to go into the broadcast truck and see how NBCSN was doing their coverage. And, you know, a lot of guys I talked to over the comms all year long that, you know, I have no idea who these people are. And then, you know, getting to meet them face to face, 
having lunch with the head of the NHL network. You know, we ran into Luke Robitaille on the street and said, you know, just a lot of cool experiences. And then just yeah. the back in that trip, I actually got to meet up with uh, Bradley Knoll, the singer from Sublime who passed away, his sister. And, you know, she took me out to his grave site and we did a little acoustic session at his grave and, you know, just overall a fantastic trip. Really, really cool experience. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it sounds like top to bottom, really just an amazing experience. It would have been a little better, obviously, if the Rangers had scored in overtime. But, you know, it is what it is. And the thing that's always, like, really killed me about that game, I mean, apart from the obvious, you know, we just watch our team lose in the Stanley Cup Finals in Game 5 and be eliminated. But can you imagine? So the Kings are up 3 nothing in that series. The Rangers win Game 4 to stay alive. Now imagine if they go into L.A. and they win that game in double overtime. Now you're going back to the Garden. Can you imagine what Madison Square Garden oh would have been God. like that night? Dude, yeah, like, I mean... Probably not as crazy as since uh, God the the year before was it the year before where they lost to the Devils and or two years before where they lost to the Devils. I think and, it was two years before. Yeah, because it, it, yeah. it was against the Kings. They would have uh, they would have played the Kings again. That's again yeah. we do all these countdowns on our on our network and that's that Adam Henrico comes up quite a bit. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah, that was oh a rough boy, one. does that one hurt? But again, the Alec Martinez one comes on sometimes when the Kings. Um, when we have their feed in the room and they go to intermission and they just leave a frozen shot on their feed, it's of Alec Martinez throwing his gloves in the air. And I'm constantly, or Hank face down in the crease, and I'm constantly tortured yeah. by these memories. It'll, it'll never go away. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it'll never. Yeah. Honestly, once the Rangers are eliminated, it makes working a lot easier. Uh, when they weren't yeah, in the playoffs less last year. Oh, my God. Last year's playoffs were so easy without having to worry about them. You know, the year they lost to Ottawa, I can't tell you how stressful that was with those JP Pajot games. And oh my God, it was like they should have, yep. you know, they have very good possibility. They beat Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Finals had they beaten Ottawa. I mean, Pittsburgh was a period away, a period away from losing to Ottawa. So I think that went know. into overtime. I think the game yeah. between the Pens and Sens went into to overtime that year. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. A- absolutely. Crazy Rangers San Jose would have been an interesting matchup. Yeah, for sure. It's funny because I, I kind of went through a similar thing that you did because I used to work at NHL.com up until, you know, this most recent season. And, you know, the Rangers will be in the playoffs and I have the Ranger game. And, you know, I'm trying to be professional and I'm trying to be cool and everything. But it, it's hard, man. Like, I mean, you're rooting for your team. It's funny. You know, I uh, I worked at NHL.com the night that uh, actually the Penguins finished off the Sharks in six games. And there's a little more leeway in there. I mean, you, you want to stay professional, but everybody there. I mean, a lot of, you know, people are from the area for the most part. See, a lot of Ranger fans, some Islander fans, some Devils fans. Nobody wanted to see the Penguins win the Stanley Cup final. So for the yeah. rest of the night, everybody was kind of like bummed and just like, uh, now now Tom Kunakle is going to do an, an interview and we got to cover that too. And it's just like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, like, you know, I've worked in the MLB offices back in New York and, and yeah. you know, I started out working in minor league baseball. So there's like 800 games a night in uh, the Penn League and, uh, you know, Carolina League and, you know, who, 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 you don't even know who these teams are affiliated with half the time. So I did end up getting tickets to game six and was in the house to watch the Yankees shellac Pedro that night and, and beat oh, that was awesome. in that World Series. Oh, my God. I never yeah. saw so many tears at a Yankee game in my life. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I wish I could just, like, enjoy those moments more than I do because it's so stressful and, you know, you're counting down the outs and, you know, I mean, yeah, the Yankees were in control of that game. They're up like seven to three. But at the same time, I mean, you, you know how good the Phillies were that year. You know how good that lineup was. I mean, it wasn't yeah. a question that they could come back. And it's just like, I just wish I could enjoy these moments more, man. You know, I, I think you probably know where I'm coming from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every time Chase Utley came up to bat in that series, it was like you're yep. holding your breath. I mean, he was absolutely killing them every time. 
But it was just weird seeing, uh, you know, what was that manager's name? Charlie Manuel. Yep. Um, decide to pick Pedro to pick at Yankee to pitch at Yankee Stadium in Game Six, where, you know, he could have. I'm pretty sure he was available to pitch in Philly Game Five, and he specifically gave him an extra day to pitch at Yankee Stadium, which historically, you know, the Yankees. I mean, if you look at the numbers, they might not tell you because Pedro always had a low ERA and stuff. But if you look at his win loss record against the Yankees, it was never very good because they, you know, Joe Torre always instilled that formula run his pitch count up, get him out of the game by the sixth or seventh, and we'll go beat the bullpen. If you can do that, we'll be in great shape. And, you know, once Matsui hit the home run off Pedro, the whole stadium was fully into, you know, 50,000 people chanting, who's your daddy? And, <laughs> you know, they, that stadium was electric that night. And, you know, plus yeah. Shane, Shane Victorino had been running his mouth the entire series, and, and they the, everybody was really jacked up to put it on the Phillies that year. Plus, they For had sure. just won it the year before against Tampa. So, Yep. Now, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention. Now, obviously, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, your band, Unity All-Stars. It's, you sing, you play guitar, and you play trumpet. Did I cover everything there? That is correct. All right, cool. So, I mean, what's going on? Obviously, we got 311 Day coming up in March. Um, it's going to be a three-night event with 311 playing three straight nights at the same venue in Vegas. Uh, what's going on with Unity All-Stars? Are you guys, is there anything you can tell us about anything going on there? So it sounds like we'll most likely be doing a pre-party. Nothing is set in stone yet, but preliminary details are pointing that uh, it should be Tuesday night. So I put some feelers out in the community, and it sounds like mostly everybody's coming in Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon, some on Monday. Some aren't coming in until Wednesday, but logistically it seems like we'll have enough people in town Tuesday. Um, we've been scoping out a couple venues. Um, Looks like it might be inside the park MGM. There's a new really cool bar called on the record in there that it looks like that'll probably be the place again, nothing set in stone yet, but most likely Tuesday night sometime at eight o'clock ish. We'll probably, there may be another band or so again, things are still in the works, but you know, being that this is the big 30 year, anniversary for 311 and they're going to span their whole catalog over three nights we kind of wanted to do something special um again it's tough when you know we're a cover band so we do all covers and, and um it's it's tough when do you do just 311 obviously a lot of our having a horn section a lot of revolution stuff and a lot of yeah. real big fish and less than jake and you know we add horns to 311 stuff so we like to spice it up like that but you know, I watched some of the videos from the last 311 day we played and the crowd response when we play 311 against when we play something not 311 is night and day. So we want to keep it as 311 as possible. Um, working on some new stuff from Voyager, uh, adding, okay, some horn okay. par- adding some horn parts to a lot of new stuff. Um, we recently got our old saxophone player, Danny Lynch, back with us. So, uh, you know, we've had some horn practices, get things going. Um, we've got a pretty healthy list. I think people will be very happy with song selection-wise. And, you know, just like on a 311 show, nobody likes to just see the greatest hits, so we're trying to dive deep and do a little bit of everything and to span the whole catalog. You know, I don't know if we'll necessarily touch anything on Don't Tread on Me or Uplifter, but uh, right. we do have a couple on standby if we need them. Um, but, yeah, it looks like most likely should be on the record inside the Park MGM Tuesday night. And then – uh so this, this place is like, you know, it's got walls that are made out of cassette tapes and record covers, and it's got like an old school, uh, 
European double-decker bus, British double-decker bus in there. That's like a little VIP lounge. Um, apparently, there's like a speakeasy secret door somewhere in this place. Um, oh, wow. It looks pretty cool because, again, it's going to be so different. The, you know, last 311 day out in Vegas two years ago, they did it at Monte Carlo at the new park theater. And, you know, that, that hotel was under construction. So there was only one bar, small casino. Uh, wasn't, wasn't a lot going on in that place. But that's kind of where we stayed most of, the, most of the trip at this one bar in the Park MGM or it's called Park MGM now. And it'd be nice to see that casino finish now and everybody have a little more area to hang out. I mean, most of the time we were out on the street between the T-Mobile Center and uh, and Monte Carlo out there. But, you know, there's like a Shake Shack on the corner where we spent, we probably spent too many hours over there. Yeah, but this, uh, hey, you're on vacation, awesome. right? Yeah, man, this, this, this park theater, the the visual abilities of that theater were so cool that uh you yep. know it should be a good it should be a great trip we actually just my girlfriend was trying to bug me while i was on this doing this podcast uh revolution red rocks tickets went on sale today that we needed to get two days at reggae on the rocks at the end of august that'll be fun but yeah, obviously, yeah. No, you know, they're a great live band as well yeah yeah this whole you know this whole 311 community music thing i mean this is how we met this is why we're doing this podcast today i tried to explain to my boss at that stanley cup game how the 311 cruise, going on the 311 cruise, led me to meet some friends that led me to move to Dallas, which led me to move to Denver to find this job at Comcast. And I, I told my boss, I was like, you should go thank that guy, Nick Hexum, because if it wasn't for him and his band, I wouldn't be working for you right now. And yeah, no, thought, it's, it's a great that was point. Kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's there's so many people who I'm, you know, I'm friends with now, and I, I wouldn't even know they exist if uh, if it was not for 311 and all these crazy events that they do. Really yeah, cool I agree. Thing. Yeah. So um, I thought we could we could end with this. I kind of put together, you know, a series of questions here. We could do like a lightning round. Just just tell me the first thing that pops into your head after all these questions. You all set for this? Yes, sir. All right, cool. So we got some mostly hockey stuff, but I'm gonna mix in a little bit of baseball, a little bit of music as well. So we'll start with this all time favorite Ranger. Oh, Gretzky. It's Leach. It, it's yeah. Well, I mean, it was so cool when, when Gretzky came over to the Rangers for sure. Um, all right, quick. so yeah, oh, well, that was my next one. Current favorite Ranger. So safe to say that's Longquest. Hank, yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Okay, favorite moment in Ranger history? Ah, uh, the '94 winning that cup, man. Nothing that, like Sam Rosen said. This one will last. Or sorry, was it JD? This one will last a lifetime. I think it was Sam, but uh, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, toughest Ranger loss in history. Oh, that you've seen. The, and <laughs> the Kings winning the cup in person, man. Like I said, that that will haunt me the rest of my life. I, I had a feeling that's what was coming. Um, well, although right. Game Seven are uh, losing to Tampa in the Eastern Conference Finals a few years ago, that one hurt pretty bad too. That was tough too. That was a tough one. Um, favorite hockey video game? Oh man, '94 NHL '93 or '94, either one. Yep, yeah, that's a popular one. I gotta go NHL hits '2002. I just like the overtop uh, nature. That was fun. That was yeah. you know, like the Blitz game. That was always good. Yep. Uh, favorite hockey movie? Ooh, man, we we've, we've been airing Slapshot a lot on our uh, on our channel recently, and we've been airing Young Blood over the last year. But I think I gotta go Mighty Ducks. Yeah, the first one. Uh, yeah, I, I do like the second one because you know yeah. Gretzky shows up in the Team USA, <laughs> and they get all the other people. But I'll probably go the original. All right, fair enough. Um, play now. Don't worry about like you know what, what the Rangers would have to give up in a trade here, or like how much it would cost to sign them. Just player in the NHL that you would most like to see on the Rangers. Don't worry about any of those other things. Just one guy you could have on the Rangers right now. Patrick Kane. 
Yeah, okay. I think okay. He, he needs a he needs a change of scenery out there. He's the best American player you'll probably see when it's all said and done. Yep. Nice no, can't go wrong him. there. And he's a Buffalo uh, kid. There you go. Uh best MLB ballpark to see a game. Oh, Yankee Stadium. There's the, the cathedral. There's nowhere better to see a game. Although yep. I have seen games at Fenway, it's pretty, pretty intense and it's a very unique experience, but definitely Yankee Stadium. All right. Best NHL arena to see a game. Um, God, it seems like Toronto would have to be on that list. Um, I really hear that Vancouver is a, is an incredible city and, and, and place to see the game. Um, obviously ticket prices would dictate that it's MSG. Um, I, I really used to like going to Nassau to mm-hmm. go see the Rangers when the, when the Rangers were just beat up on the Islanders. I think I was at the game where Yager scored his 50th, um, nice. but you know, nice. My Homer blood says MSG. Uh, gotcha. Uh, best venue to see a concert? Red Rocks. Yeah, that's a popular answer. I got to get out there eventually. The only problem, like, I, you know, I saw No Effects do their uh, Punk and Drublick Festival there this year. It's a little weird when you don't have the GA pit area um, mm-hmm. for a punk show, but sound-wise and, and, and visually, um, and it's just overall, it's definitely Red Rocks. Gotcha. Now, top three here. Top three favorite songs to play live with the Unity All-Stars. Oh, geez. Tough one, I know. Um, <laughs> my, honestly, one of my favorite 311 songs, I really like playing Too Much Too Fast because it's off mm-hmm. one of their albums. They don't really play it, and you'll never hear it from them. So I try to make sure you'll hear it from us. Um, yep. Recently, uh, some of the Real Big Fish stuff, like Everyone Else is an Asshole, is a, uh, is a fun <laughs> one to play live. Um, some of the revolution stuff, like uh, Sky's the Limit, is always one of my favorites. But then, you know, we'll throw in some goofy covers. We're working on a uh, Paul Simon medley, little me and Julio down by the schoolyard mixed with a little Call Me Al right now. Um, yep. Anything that I could wow the crowd. Superman by Goldfinger is a perfect one because uh, people just they go, oh, man, I just that song makes me think of playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater. And, yeah, yeah. Or, in the meantime, by Space Hog is probably yep. one of my tops. All right, cool. Uh, best concert you have ever seen? Ooh. Um, boy, Revolution at Red Rocks every every summer is really a top notch one. But Incubus this this past year playing all of Make Yourself top to bottom was really incredible. Um, hadn't seen them in a couple of years, but uh, which rumors point that they're going on tour with Three Eleven this summer, which would be f- amazing. Cool. Um, God, best show ever had to be 311 Cruise One, the Sail Away show. The energy on that boat, and you know, nobody knew what to expect. And it's like, well, we're on this giant cruise ship, nobody had ever been on a cruise before. Yeah, and then they opened up with Down, and that whole deck of that boat felt like it was gonna just collapse. Everybody was going so crazy. Yeah, I got you. All right, um, 311 Day in Vegas or 311 Day in New Orleans. You know, I've had a blast at both of them. We've played yeah. at both of them. Um, we've had amazing experiences, both of them. But as a city itself, being a jazz trumpeter, my allegiance should go to New Orleans. But boy, does it get scary at night. And a lot of people have had some bad experiences. And yeah. it's a little shady. Now, again, Vegas isn't the safest place in the world. But, you know, having the ability to gamble and you could pay for your trip out there by winning and... uh I think it's more uh, more stuff to do in Vegas, but uh, God, it's, I'd have to go Vegas. But I do, I did have a blast in both of them. Gotcha. Uh, 
And finally, which would you rather see in person at a hockey game? A hat trick from, you know, say somebody on the Rangers or a line fight? A line fight. Yeah, because especially because they're so rare now. They're even more rare than hat tricks by a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And usually it's, you know, a seven to one game where the team losing starts getting real chippy and then everybody just starts going for it. Yeah. You know, I would say the best live, like, Ranger game I've seen when Avery came back to the team after he went through that whole, you know, went to Dallas and got sent to the minors for saying somebody had his sloppy seconds or whatever <laughs> about Alicia yeah. Cuthbert. Yeah, uh, he was he came, on uh, he was on Dallas, I think, when he when he pulled that, and they they yeah. were already getting tired of him before that, so that was kind of well, the final they nail. They sent him to the minors. They sent him to the Rangers minor league team because I guess Dallas didn't have one at the time. Um, so they sent him to the Rangers team. And then the Rangers were like, "All right, we'll just take his contract." Yeah. Um, so they played the Devils. I had taken my girlfriend to the game. It was first her first hockey game. I don't remember who it was he fought, but he took his helmet off, went out to center ice. And told the guy, yeah, come out here to center ice. And he absolutely beat the snot out of him. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah, again, I miss Avery. For, for being, Avery was cool. God, you know, you, you like to root for him when he's on your team. But, boy, if he's not on your team, he's got to be the most hated player ever. Oh, yeah. What he I did mean, to even, Brodeur, oh, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I remember when he was on the Stars and he just came back for one game against the Rangers. I was like, I already hate this guy because that was in between his two tenures on the Rangers. And I'm yeah. like, I used to like this guy. He's been out there for like two shifts and I already hate his guts. You know, I was working at a physical therapist at the time. And one of our patients bought me the shirt that says Avery rules with the actual rule about not being able to wave the stick in front of the goalie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that is a fantastic shirt. That is awesome. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that'll kind of wrap things up. But uh, yeah, this was awesome, man. You know, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, man. Anytime you want. I'm always available. And uh, again, be sure to catch you in the All-Stars, hopefully uh, Tuesday night before 311 Day out in Vegas. And uh, be sure to tune into the NHL Network to catch the World Juniors Tournament because it'll be some exciting hockey and you'll learn some names and see some talent that will be, you know, the face of the NHL in about three or four years. That all sounds good, man. And uh, thanks again for joining. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will see you next time. Thanks, John.